Welcome, everyone. Episode three of the Starlight Podcast. We are here to recap the Mandalorian season three finale, The Return. Let's get to it. What are we thinking? We had a lot of expectations going on into this episode. There was a lot to wrap up. I thought it was pretty good. What about you, Bates? I also thought it was pretty good. Uh, as far as expectations, uh, Star Wars fans did their typical thing, including myself, and thinking of all these crazy hypotheses of like, oh my God, is the armor the traitor? Who is the traitor? Turns out nobody ended up being a traitor. And it was somewhat of a happy ending, which I don't think is going to last. But overall, I thought the episode was pretty good. Uh, there were a couple of things that slightly irritated me, but I thought overall it was a good episode. And I, I have another hypothesis of my own that we'll get into uh, throughout the podcast. So. Yes, yes. Sure. My thoughts, my thoughts, I, I really had no idea what was going to happen this episode. I had a, I made a, a little prediction video beforehand where I thought, um, I thought something not great was going to happen. I thought like Din wasn't going to be saved. It was going to leave off on a cliffhanger. Something was going to happen where maybe someone dies, like, Something bad was going to happen, but it didn't. This was like the happiest ending that we could have gotten for everyone. No one, no one died. We yeah, got Mandalore back. Moff Gideon is quote unquote dead again. We'll see. But big air quotes on that. That's, I mean, I, I thought the action was fantastic in this episode. I, it was a fun, it was fun. I do have some problems with the fact that, I, you know, like, like almost like every finale that we see from this show, it's a little rushed, leave some loose ends. It was the shortest some, episode of the season, which I thought was really stupid. Some story beats. Yeah, it was, it was short. It seems rushed. Um, a lot but, happened in like but, 35 minutes. It was like 39 minutes of runtime. Yeah, it, it was like 30, very yeah. short. It was, it was short. It, I mean, it kept going. It went bam, 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 bam to the next beat. But like, they made some choices which I really liked. Some choices which were a little questionable, but we'll we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Let's start. No traitor. We everybody was thinking, everyone was a traitor. It was going to be either the armorer. It was going to be um, Axe Woves. It was going to be like the Mandalorians that they found on the surface. Like it could have been any of them. I thought it was going to be at least one of them. Turns out it was not. Yeah, like I mentioned in my little uh, dialogue in the beginning, I definitely thought the armor was going to be a traitor of some kind. I mean, the connections with the horns uh, was similar to Moff Gideon, you know, Darth Maul, all of that. There were a lot of hints that somebody was going to be a traitor. Turns out the only traitors um, or spies were uh, the one in the New Republic. It wasn't actually any of the Mandalorians, which I guess I'm kind of okay with. Because I, literally everybody was predicting that. And I'm kind of glad it wasn't as predictable. But at the same time, it was fun to theorize. I think it would have been kind of wild if, if somebody ended up being a traitor, especially the armorer, because she was the one. That would have been a kind of a cool plot twist. But I got to admit, I couldn't tell what the heck was going on behind me when they were all, you know, fighting in the air. But the armor rolling up with the double hammers were, was kind of sick. Yeah. So I'm kind of glad in one sense she wasn't a traitor. But like I said in my opening monologue, a lot of Star Wars fans, including myself, like I said, love to theorize. We thought there was going to be a traitor. There ended up not being a traitor. And I am a little suspicious of kind of this happy ending, Connor, because something could go wrong. I, I hope think, 
something will go wrong. Will go we, wrong. We know, okay? We just haven't seen it yet. <laughs> we have not seen the last of Din Djarin and Din Grogu. We have yeah, that was pretty last. cool. Yeah, we'll get into that. that so let's cool. let's start. Basically, Bo-Katan escapes with the Mando. Like, well, they, you know, they get out of they get out of the trouble for a little bit. Um, Axe Woves goes to the surface, and they find a little oasis, I guess, inside. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, they find plants. Basically, they cultivated a farm um, on the surface, which um, I, I'm assuming most Mandalorians, Bogotan said it herself, didn't think it was possible after they glassed the whole planet. So it just shows that um, Mandalore persists on and survives despite everything that it's went through. And I think that was a nice little metaphor for um, Mandalore as a pe- like the Mandalorians. It was It was a perfect metaphor for that. And it gives people hope, which is what, you know, Bo-Katan stands for. I, I saw it as kind of the metaphor. So you remember in season one how they were hiding in the gutters, yeah, and like underground, and that life like oasis was underground, just like you know they were like fry- thriving in the shadows. But it also showed that Mandalore is still inhabitable, and I think it's going to lead to. I I mean I think there's going to be a season four of Mandalorian. I'm not entirely sure, but if there is a season four or future Star Wars, um, because I'm assuming these shows are all going to be intertwined that we'll see like the rebuild of Mandalore. Cause this, like, like you were saying, like this uh, oasis, these like plants growing here shows it's still inhabitable. So I'd love to see, um, you know, Mandalore uh, rise back up to what it was. That, that'd be pretty cool. That would be really cool. And so next we come to Mando is captured. He's bringing, he's being brought back to, to somewhere but he escapes. I got, I got a problem with that. Yeah. Can he I, escapes. Can... <laughs> they yeah. left us off thinking Din Djarin was going to be captured. And yet again, he finesses and he beats the crap out of some Imperials. See, that was cool. Like him beating the crap out of them. And I liked how they were using like the own Mandalorian weapons against him. But whose idea, bright mind, Moff Gideon, dude, have two dudes on, on Mando? Like, <laughs> what are we doing, dude? Like, is he that much plot armor? Like, at least make it, like... See, that's the thing, like... Like, this episode was rushed, or, like, in my opinion, so, like, they had to, like, have him escape pretty quickly, I guess. But, like, I thought it would have been a lot cooler if, like... Like, um... So, I guess Grogu did rescue him, but, like, I thought it'd be a lot cooler if, like, he pulled up in his, like, IG-11 suit with Bo-Katan, and they, like, rescue him, and then they go fight Moff all together. Yeah. I like that part. But who's a bright idea in the Imperial military is putting two guys on Mando? Like, what are we doing? He's the main character. Moff Gideon has to know at this point that he is not the main character. And that somehow, oh, come on. somehow, somehow Din Djarin survives every time. And he has to know to put more than two guys on him. He should have gone there himself. He should have. That's what I thought him. he was going to do, but apparently not. Apparently not. Listen, it, it is was cool, it though. Is. I will admit. I will admit, I did like that Grogu did kind of save him at the end because it was kind of cool to see, like I said, the flamethrowers that, that Mandalorians use, that like rope thing that shoots out that they were using that was cool. And I just love every time IG-11 just pulls up and goes, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Rip yeah, IG. It was, <laughs> that was cool to see. Obviously, um, like the action was top tier on this episode. It might be some of the best action that we've seen in the Mandalorian. Just yeah, like yeah, combat yeah, and setting 
and um it was really like visually aesthetic and i mean that brings us to our next point where he's creeping up through the little shields all the way down to where moff gideon is um or supposed to be and it's pretty reminiscent of the phantom menace yeah there was a direct kind of parallel to that except um those doors in the Phantom Menace were, I guess, more for like the radiation or whatever was on Naboo, but this was just more security doors. And I did really like uh, each section, how the different Imperials had different weapons. And mm-hmm. I was some, I think you were just talking about some great action in, in this episode. I love this action, like each way, like Mando fighting these guys and, and really messing them up. It just shows his like combat skills and, and the shout whole out, stuff. Oh, go ahead. Shout out R5. Okay. Yeah. I'm shout out R5. No one gives him the respect that he deserves. <laughs> Even all the way back in A New Hope, he's getting hey. disrespected. Okay. We yeah, see he him knew all along. He needed to blow his, uh, we see, blow yeah. his radiator. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We see him blow up and he's gotten no respect since. Not even Pelly respects him like that. <laughs> but now Din trusts him. Great character development from Din. He trust droids to get him back and to help him as much as possible and he clutched up yeah he did um even after he got caught by the mouse police yeah the mouse police. didn't even know mouse droids could do that i mean we always saw him in star wars as like what the heck is this little thing rolling around yeah so i guess that was kind of interesting i guess yeah, but yeah, the whole part of that scene was just Mando just kicking ass. Like it's a yeah, it was it was a it was a awesome. almost a hallway scene, I guess. Like it yeah. was pretty much a hallway scene where he goes layer by layer and keeps defeating, and then he gets to Moff Gideon. Well, he gets to his clones. We see yeah, and he just destroyed him and Grogu just destroy like it's nothing. What did you think um, about the fact the- that Moff Gideon made clones? So I know everybody was thinking the whole time in this entire series that it was going to be Palpatine, but sounds like that's what Project Necromance is. So the fact that Moff was kind of doing this on the side and cloning himself, I thought was pretty cool. Kind of creepy. Yeah. Like, oh, you're the coolest guy ever. You're going to clone yourself and make yourself force sensitive. Like, I don't know. That was a big ego on uh, Moff, as, as we know, with his dialogue to Bo-Katan. I mean, we knew, we knew about his ego and we knew about... He mentioned last episode about like him taking things, um, you know, from the Jedi, from from all these other cultures, and he said that the dark, uh, the dark trooper suit had this best quality, which was him. So it was kind of hinted at it. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, there wasn't like it was like a super curveball, but um, I guess it kind of low key canonizes or could canonize Starkiller as like a force sensitive clone. Yeah, well, we don't know if he not that he exists. We but don't like know the if concept he was, of like force sensitive right. clone. We don't know if he was able to do it. We don't know if yeah, technically not because he was still. It was still they weren't like actually alive. Right. Although the one guy opened his eyes, so he kind of was alive. It was just it was really creepy to see that, but it was also really interesting to see that he still was. So I mean, he was self interested in the fact that he was withholding information from um from Hux and yeah, he's kind he of doing his own told thing. Elijah Kane to kill Dr. Pershing. 
because yeah, or so, wipe his mind whatever actually happened to him we don't know if he's actually dead yeah but the, the whole motives aren't entirely there as to of moff gideon's actions like why he wanted those things to happen because the whole point of the first two seasons is obviously he needed grogu for his clones so like why don't he snatch grogu instead of mando <laughs> right but i mean it, it just goes to show you that like the empire is and the people who work in the empire are always Selfish. looking out for themselves yeah and they're always trying to get the upper hand in fighting it's the name of the game for the empire the first order the sith all of these dark side dark entities and organizations like they're always trying to get ahead of each other and that's why they ultimately fail is because they don't come together under a single ideal um, I mean, and we see that the Shadow Council itself was arguing about what should happen and who should be a new leader. Like they're turning on Thrawn. People are saying Thrawn's not coming back. People are all over the place. And we see that he is just like secretly trying to become the best, the highest up on that, um, that totem pole. And I think that's motivation enough for him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you definitely see with all the Imperials, the, they couldn't decide on anything and, you know, going behind each other's backs. So, and Moff was pissed when his clones were destroyed. That yeah. guy was very upset. He was, he was pissed. And then we get Moff versus Din and Din Grogu. Yes, sir. Those Praetorian guards pull up on my, my man Grogu. I really liked Grogu in this episode for the fact that you can see his training from Luke, and then the belief that he got earlier in the season about fighting from Din. Yeah. Of like, because remember when he fought that little kid in like season three, episode three? Yeah. The reason he, for, I mean, he, ever since, ever since he was taken from the Jedi Temple, he has been told to hide all of his power and all of his abilities that he, everything that he can do. And that's what anymore. we saw in the first episode. Um, I guess it was the first episode. Was that the first episode when he was fighting the little kid? It uh, was like the third episode, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. When he, when he was doing the little duel. And he was kid. told that he could like show his powers again. And right. And then we see him come out and we saw in that scene with the Praetorian guards, like he's flipping up, up and down and he was using the force more. Like he's, he's showing some giggling. skills. He's laughing. And he's giggling, having a fun old time. He's laughing like, and just throwing these Praetorian guards everywhere. And yeah. they, you know what? I'm happy that they were peaced like that because they deserve they deserve what they had coming. Yeah, they got messed Paz. up by Grogu and uh, and Mando. Yeah, Rip Paz. Rip Paz. Yeah, the, we, we'll get into Paz in a minute, but Rip, my man, I feel like he didn't get a proper sending off. No, he did not. I mean, yeah, it was that was a tough one to swallow. But we got revenge, and yeah, those yeah, Praetorian yeah. guards were peaced. Um, I appreciate the fact that they use the praetorian guards just because it shows um that transition towards the first order yeah uh, that they transition from pretty much royal guards to praetorian guards and their weaponry is just sick i mean oh yeah i know you love that movie and a lot of people don't the best part of that movie is that praetorian guard scene fight a lot of the cool weapons there it was nice to see them again but circling back mando first starts fighting while grogu is fighting the praetorians jumping around giggling mando's fighting Moff gideon and um it's having a little bit of trouble. So, you know, Bo-Katan, you know, during this whole time after, uh, you know, hiding underground, 
uh, comes back with all the Mandalorians and meets up with the Mandalorians that Axe Wolves sends down, uh, you know, to fight the Empire. And, you know, they have that whole, like, fight scene that's, like, very sped up. They're, like, fighting in midair. And admittedly, I couldn't tell what was going on in half of it. But I did like seeing the Darksaber moving around, and I did like uh, the armor with the hammers. But then Bo-Katan joins in on the fight versus Moff Gideon. And I thought that was pretty cool. What do you think about that fight? Yeah, so... I mean, just the whole entire fight in general, like once those Mandalorians came down in their jetpacks, there was a moment where I, that I thought was really cool between Bo-Katan and the armor where um, they're both fly- – it's it's your background, basically. Um, yeah. For those who are uh, listening, Johnny has uh, Bo-Katan wielding the Darksaber next to the armor as his background. And that scene was really cool for me because you see her take a little bit of a look to the armor – and the armor shakes her head like, yes, like, like this is the way, like, and then she gains the confidence to pull that dark saber out and lead her people in the battle. And that was a really cool um, moment because we see throughout this, this season that Bogotan really values the armor and her opinions and, you know, what, what she thinks. I mean, the armor is really wise. Yeah, the armor's kind of guided her on her mission. And I guess if she did end up being a traitor, that would, like, really mess with Bo-Katan and give her trust issues. Yeah, (laughs) which I'm glad that did not happen. Yeah, looking back at it now, yeah. I'm also glad it didn't happen. But that was a cool little nod of, like, all right, I trust you to lead our people. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, she eventually comes in, saves uh, Din, tells him to go save his kid, which, again, the other episode we see what happens with that. But Bo-Katan was getting a little worked, and one of the big things we need to talk about is what do you think about the dark saber being destroyed? I absolutely loved that. I also loved it too. I thought people were going to be very upset, but I think it's a perfect way to show finally that for so long, the dark saber, like you had to wield it to rule Mandalore. It caused so much division and infighting. And I think the symbolism of it being broken is like a new age for Mandalore where they can finally stop fighting amongst themselves and like rebuild the planet. Yeah. What did you and think about it? No, that's exactly what, what I was thinking. It's, um, and, and Moff Gideon says it. He he says, like, Mandalorians aren't anything without their little trinkets. And it's ironic because he is wearing the ultimate trinket, whereas... Beskar, yeah. Yeah, he's wearing, like, a high-powered Beskar armor in the fact that he's... You can hear it. Like, he's got... He's OP because of it, uh, because of his little trinket, but... Bogatan then says, like, no, like Mandalorians are stronger together. And um at that point, we see the Darksaber destroyed. And yeah, like you said, it was it was big time. And we have to think about the fact that like the last time Mandalore was at its height was in the Clone Wars. And Satine was the ruler. It wasn't oh, won by combat. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, it 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 allows people to move past the old you need this to be able to rule Mandalore or else you're cursed. Um, and it, it's, it's a metaphor for the entire season where, you know, people of different backgrounds are coming together and for, for the best, for the best of everyone's ideals. Like it's, it was perfect in that fact that, you know, let the past die as it says in the last Jedi, um, <laughs> let the past die, kill it if you have to. Uh, I think this was the best thing for for Mandalore because there's been so much contention and now it's just yeah what like what it, what Jaren like says too. it's 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 not about a, a weapon it's the content the of your character your song yeah. has not yet been written um yeah it was it was perfect yes 
Um, yeah, that was that was nice. But then after that breaks, uh, Hax Wolves just comes in with a giant ship and just destroys everything. I don't know what the hell he was thinking because he's like he just as both. How that ship is- not explode in the atmosphere is what I want to know. I know uh, clever writing, Dave, but. In my opinion, I was like shocked of like how this ship is still in one piece. Well, I mean, we see in, I mean, we see in the fan, I mean, in uh, um, Revenge of the Sith, kind of the same thing happens with Anakin when he's, yeah, but that's down a from... huge like dreadnought. We're talking like a little light cruiser here that got, they ha- it got destroyed by bombers. So I was just shocked that it stayed in one piece. But I thought that was really cool. He just rams that giant ship just into the base. And the fact that, We'll get to it in a minute, but, you know, Grogu uses... Everybody escapes. I guess they hear over the comms that they got to get out. Only people that don't get out are Mando, Bo-Katan, Moff Gideon, and Grogu. And Grogu, using the Force like he did in Season 1 to kind of sit, stop the blast and protect everybody. Well, except Moff Gideon. Uh, rest in peace. Not... Well, maybe he's still alive, Connor. <laughs> Here's a little theory real quick that I want to get into. is because he had all those clones, maybe not... all. Like, he didn't have one maybe that wasn't fully alive yet. But I'm afraid that maybe he was a clone himself or he has other clones somewhere. And, oh, Moff Gideon's not actually dead because we didn't see a body. Like, I guess he just got evaporated. So what do you think about that? Do you think he's actually – I hope he's actually dead. Because I, I they Because after season two, a lot of fans' frustrations with this season was, oh, Moff just magically comes back again and he's the same protagonist. Like, they need to finally wrap up this Moff Gideon stuff. And I hope that's the case because I think this is now finally a good conclusion for him and showed, like, his actual ambitions. You know, he lost. He got evaporated. I hope he's like, oh, just kidding. He's got another 10 clones and here's Moff Gideon again. I don't think I want to see that. What What about you? I think most people would not like to see that. Um, I think narratively it doesn't make that much sense um, just because we have the looming threat of Thrawn. Um, like I don't see a story beat that would carry him further down in this Mandoverse. Yeah, I think I he's think, playing his role. Yeah, I think they missed the beat a little bit with his character just in the fact that we didn't get to spend that much time with him. Like he... Especially in this season. It didn't feel like the stakes were that high for this fight. It didn't feel like in my head, it's like, yeah, Moff Gideon is going to lose. Like it's we, we we're he's supposed to be the super menacing figure, but it's like, we don't see him enough to the fact that it, it makes it true. Like in my head, it's like, okay. Yeah. Like he just ends up becoming like a punching bag for Grogu and whoever is facing him. And I think that, if we would have spent a little more time and gone a little bit more in depth into his motivations, I think that it would have hit. Yeah, if his motivations were maybe re- revealed an episode earlier where they actually show his clones then, then maybe it would have seemed like there are more stakes. But if they lose that fight, I guess, you know, they all die and they lose Mandalore. So I guess there's that those kind of stakes. But I kind of see your point in the sense of Moff Gideon's been this very mysterious character throughout the throughout the show. And then it's finally revealed kind of what his motivations are, but they're not as clear as they probably could have been. So yeah. And it was, yeah, it was, I, I just think it was this, it, th- this episode specifically was a little bit rushed than what, how everything happened. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I wish they would have made it longer, explained some things a little more. I would have liked some more dialogue. I feel like in this episode, there wasn't as, as much dialogue as there could have been mm-hmm. like, between characters. 
Like, I would have loved the moth chirping at Grogu. Like, you tried to capture this little green thing for two seasons, and now you don't even look at him. Like, yeah, I feel like they just missed some kind of dialogue opportunities in general. So I kind of see your point there. But the moth is dead, apparently. Hopefully. The moth is gone. Fingers crossed. Good ratings. Good. Get him out. Get him out. See you later. So, I mean, basically. They win. They win. um, And Grogu saves them from the fire. Which I thought was really cool, and it kind of shows Grogu's, um, you know, role expanding. And oh, he's now powerful enough to, you know, save uh, his dad and his space mom, essentially space yeah. mom at this point. Yeah. Um, and yeah, after that, I mean, we get kind of three separate scenes that kind of wrap up the season. Uh, we have um, uh, uh, Paz Vizsla's son, which again, rest in peace, Paz. Um, Ragnar. Yeah, Rag. Which, by the way, Ragnar is a sick name. Yeah, that's Ragnar. Name. Yeah, I really, I would run through a wall for Ragnar. I'll tell you. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad that the, his legacy, Paz's legacy, has gone through his kid, Ragnar. So he finally took the creed in the live waters of Mandalore, which was cool. The so first one, awesome. probably since uh, since a long since, time. Well, since Din technically and Bo, but right. yeah, the first like real, real one in the sense it was like a full proper ceremony in a long time. And did you notice in that scene, Connor, that Grogu senses the mythosaur? Yeah. He, yeah, we see him kind of do his little thing. And then we see the mythosaur eyes open. Um, and we know that Grogu has an affinity for animals and large beings, like the uh, like Ezra, like Rancor. The rebels, yeah. yeah. Like he has that force connection to animals. Like certain Jedi, if some people aren't familiar, like Jedi can have like different, I guess, like connections in the force of like some are strong with animals. Some like Cal Kestis from um, Fallen Order could like from the force, like psychometry memories. Yeah. yeah. So there's different things like that. And it seems like Grogu's is animal. So I thought that was pretty cool. And I also think it foreshadows that someday, hundreds of years, we'll see Din Grogu leading the Mandalorians, which I would absolutely be in whole favor of, obviously. I would love that. I can't I wait. I can't wait till Grogu gets his little helmet. Yeah, see little helmet and his little lightsaber. That would be awesome. And he's just gonna flip around and giggle. Yes. That's what I would live for. And then once he gets to talk, great. once he gets to talk. Dude, I just here's the thing, here's the thing. When he finally speaks, they can't mess it up. Like uh, I don't well, want him to sound weird. Because yeah. I mean, like I think weird. part of like the the thing with him now is like Oh, he's cute. He's a baby. He doesn't speak. But like, I feel like when he starts talking, like, I just hope they make they get it right because I don't want to, them to make him look annoying. They're gonna have to give him the the baby Groot treatment where he <laughs> every single time we see him, he's like another stage of his life. Like when when baby Groot was like a little kid, and oh, then he was and a teenager, teenager Groot, and yeah, then he was yeah, like yeah. an adult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we're gonna see from <laughs> from Grogu from here on out. Um, yeah, I'm all for that. But yeah, that scene was really cool. We get the Great Forge being lit as well with um, yeah, the armor nice. and Bo-Katan. Um, I like, I mean, it, it's great that both of them are, are connected like that because they lead both factions of Mandalorians. Yeah, and that was kind of the goal of the season. People were saying there wasn't like a main goal. The main goal was like bring Mandalore together. and It's been done. You got... Yeah. You know, the mercenary people, you got the children of the watch, and then you got the uh you got skinny Pete and the boys. Skinny uh, Pete, let's go. 
Breaking Bad, if, if people are not familiar. Uh, that's one of the actors that is one of the uh, Mandalorians that was on the planet this whole time. And also his one cauldron was a uh, super battle droid helmet, which I thought was pretty cool. I don't know if that's you cool. That. Did you notice I did that? Not. No, 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 I did not. Oh, really? Oh, it was, uh, I saw it on the, I saw it on Reddit, I think. Yeah. His one cauldron is just a battle droid, super battle droid uh, head, which I thought was cool because, you know, Din's got beef with those things. And we saw them earlier in the season. But regardless, uh, after that, um, we get to see, like, I, what did you think about Mando kind of leaving the Mandalorians and kind of doing his own thing? It's kind of like that, like, standard Western trope where, like, the outlaw guy is able to, like, improve life, but he can never settle down himself. But he kind of does on the Varro. I thought he would stay with, you know, his Mandalorians. But we see him then go and visit the New Republic, which, by the way, Love the Dave Filoni cameo. Definitely was not obvious with this giant cowboy hat in the background. Right. But Dave was just, my man Dave was just chilling in the background. Dave can't but, go anywhere without a, a cowboy hat. Oh, but, he needs no, it. I think it's this whole thing. I think that it, it's good because, I mean, basically the reason he doesn't stay with the Mandalorians is because he has, Grogu's now his apprentice and he has to raise him, raise him and take him on adventures. Um, so now he's just, he's kind of on his own to experience the world, teach Grogu how to do things. Um, so I, I think it's a nice little happy medium that he goes to, um, Carson Teva and basically asks to be a little, nice little mercenary for good this time, yeah, as opposed bounty to hunter bounty is hunter, good, which is a strict contrast to, um, what he started out as. He was just a bounty hunter. Give me the next job. Move along. Yeah. So I think that was that was really cool. Um, and I think that it's good that he has a little spot to just hang out because he deserves some rest after everything that he's done. Yeah, um, you know about that house? You notice it looks exactly like Quills from season one. It does. Yeah. It does. That's the vibes I got. Yeah. I don't know. If, I didn't hear a lot of people bring it up, but that's the first vibe I got when I saw it. I. I made me think of my boy Quill from season one. Rest in peace, my guy. Also, it would be kind of sad, but kind of cool if the, like, the house is like where he died because it was like out on the flats. Mm -hmm. That'd be a nice little callback. Yeah, it'd be a nice little tribute to him. But yeah, before he settles down, I know he does that agreement with the New Republic. He gets that IG-11 head. And I like that they kind of wrapped it up for Navarro. They got their... um, They got their... Uh, got their sheriff. Their sheriff back after, you know... Hera Dune and then Star Wars said some things and she's off the show. So I'm glad that they kind of wrapped it up. IG-11 is, you know, I like to see, you know, the droid used for good. He's reprogrammed. Mando trusts him. Um, Babu Frick's people, you know, fixed him up. And uh, I like how they painted him kind of red like Navarro. I got Navarro vibes from that. So yeah. that, that was pretty cool. And, and, and that was the episode after that. You know, he daps up his boy grief, gets settles down his land, sitting in his chair. Leaning back and Grogu's playing with a little frog and nice little callback to his time with uh with Luke Skywalker and the fact that he's playing with frogs. Playing with the frogs and, and then call back to season one when remember when they were on that planet and Grogu was like settling down playing with the kids. Mando was chatting up that uh that single mom. Yep. <laughs> Only we need her to show up again. But <laughs> yeah, that, that's pretty much the episode and Overall, I, I think to just wrap up this podcast that we've kind of covered everything is I wanted to just ask you, what did you overall think of the season? And do you know if there's going to be season four? And if there is, where do you think it will lead? Yeah, so to start off the overall 
I think this is probably my least favorite season of the Mandalorian that we've got. Yeah, um, I think objectively it's probably not. Yeah. yeah, not to say that it was a bad season. Um, it yeah. was fun. We got some fun episodes and a lot of different story beats. Um, I'm just trying to think back on you know the beginning of this. It was cool to speculate about what we think is going to happen. Um, some nice little Easter eggs in there. I think it was a fun season. I think that's what this show does is it's it's fun. Um, it gets casual fans to be interested in Star Wars, um, but there's still some lore nuggets that we love. And um, I think that this was a, a pretty good season and it, and it is what it is for the entire Filoni-verse. I think at this point, we know it's not going to be like a single story. It's Everything's going to be kind of connected from here on out where... We'll see Boba Fett again. We'll see um, Ahsoka. Probably see, we'll probably see Mando again. Yeah, we'll see point. Mando and Grogu and Bogusan. Like, we'll see everyone again. So it's not the end for them. Um, but I think it was a nice way to kind of wrap up the story of Din and Grogu, where now we know that, you know, he, Grogu is his son officially. And yeah, that was that was awesome. I'm glad that that's finally like official. Like, we all knew that he yeah. was his son, but it was a nice. Um, kind of tribute that oh he now can take the creed because that's his son and he's like now like officially a mandalorian and i thought that was really sick yeah one thing though that i thought that they would do that they didn't is remember the armor gave grogu that like armor piece Mm -hmm. yeah i i thought like he was gonna get shot and everybody's gonna be like oh my god he's dead (laughs) and then oh just kidding (laughs) yeah so I, i thought we'd see something like that but we did not but yeah, I overall as well, um, just like you said, I thought I enjoyed the seasons, probably my least favorite of the three, but it was still solid. I did understand some people's complaints with some of it being slow this season, but I thought they did a good job of kind of covering different aspects of Star Wars and not only focusing on Mandalore, but also showing how the New Republic stinks. And I, yeah. and that's going to set up future shows. So that's why they did that in this season with uh, the New Republic and all that because it's going to go into the Ahsoka show and the Filoni verse. And these are all going to be connected. And I'm all on board for that. As far as a season four, if there is, if there isn't, well, if there isn't, I won't be too upset. I would obviously like to see more Mando, but I'm under the impression we'll see them again. I would like to see Mandalore start to flourish again. Mando to help out with that. I'd love to see, um, you know, that be built back up. Because after three seasons, the Mandalorians are finally basically mostly back together. There's probably still some more out there in the galaxy, but I'd love to see them like kind of rebuild Mandalore again and, and it's a flourish. Yeah. I'm I was actually one one thing I want to add here. I was a little sad that they didn't have Sabine help with the retaking. She'll be of in Mandalore. Ahsoka. She'll be in Ahsoka. And I think her mission is kind of like, oh, where's my my, my boy Ezra? I love him. So that'll probably be her main part of of Ahsoka, but I think in Ahsoka, we'll probably see her meet up with Sabine or, well, she is Sabine. Sorry, everybody. Sabine will meet up with Mando or meet up with some of the other Mandalorians and, and maybe then she'll be brought back into that. Yeah. But yeah, I I thought we might see her or or Ahsoka in the, in this uh, episode and we didn't see Ahsoka either. So I'm glad that they were able to like win by themselves as opposed to having like a Luke Skywalker come in. Yeah, like them. last season where Luke just pulled up and, and which by the way was incredible, but right. it kind of shows now that their strength and numbers and it, it goes back to that whole concept of 
Mandalorians are stronger together instead of fighting each other, which they've been pushing all season. So, yeah, I thought I thought it was a good conclusion. Uh, do you have anything else to, uh, to add? No. Next thing on the block is Star Wars Visions here in a couple weeks. So yeah, I'm excited for that. I'm looking forward to kind of decompressing for a couple weeks, sitting on everything that happened, looking f- towards Ahsoka. Um, but no, I think this was a fun. That's what the Mandalorian is. It's fun. It's you know, it's campy at sometimes. You know, it's it's goofy, um, but it's also heartwarming and a story of found family. And I think that they really reinforced that. And um, I enjoyed it. It's it's the Mandalorian. It's fun. Um, so can't go wrong with it. Yeah, definitely can't go wrong. I mean, of all the things you could criticize Disney for, at least the Mandalorian is a solid show. <laughs> I always give them that. They've done a good job with Mandalorian. <laughs> They've done a good job with the TV shows, I think. Yeah, they have. But we digress. Yeah. Yeah. We appreciate everybody. If you're listening this far, uh, we really appreciate the support on this podcast. It's just fun for friends to hop on here and and talk Star Wars. Um, Obviously, we'll be getting going here. Um, Not sure when our next episode will be. We'll, We'll... we may do one next week. We may do, we may do a, a couple here. And um, once Star Wars Visions, we're definitely going to be deep diving yeah, into we that. we definitely have to talk about that. That'll be exciting. Um, but yeah, we'll kind of just see uh, next week if there's any Star Wars news to talk about. If not, we'll see you all at Star Wars Visions when that comes out. Absolutely. Thanks for listening, guys. We love you. May the force be with you. Bates, fantastic job. Oh, thank you. You as well. Have a good one, everybody. Peace out.